Yeah, you can see something is different today, isn't it? Usually we've got four or five of them running out to the back. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. How many of you, how many of you in the room, and, and those of you who are watching at home, you can play along too. How many of you in the room stayed up last night till at least 12.01 to see the, the new year come in? Did any of you see that? I, we, had, um, we had a couple family members at our house, and right before 11 o'clock, we just happened onto the channel where Puerto Rico was celebrating. I, I wouldn't have realized that Puerto Rico was an hour ahead of where we are here in the east. And so at 11 p.m. last night, our time, Puerto Rico had some star go to the top of a pole in, in, in like a place with lots of people, and they celebrated the new year, and I was pretty sure that was good enough for me. I would have been, but, but I wasn't the only one in the room, and so we toughed it out, and only one of us fell asleep between 11 o'clock and midnight, and then at midnight, we got, we got to see that it was the new year, and then we went, why do we do these things? I mean, really, who cares? Does it matter that today is 2023, and yesterday was 2022? Does it matter other than what your accountant might say? I mean, is your life radically different today than it was yesterday because it's a new year? Right, we have some of these things in our lives. We have some of these markers that that feel like they're kind of arbitrary. They feel like, well, somebody just decided that, well, we'll let this be the first day of the year. And and so here we are, and then we fall into these patterns of, uh, uh, honestly, how much of us just have it? How many of you have like, the same New Year's group that you get together with every year. Maybe people come and go, but you have, do any of you have that? I remember growing up, there was a group of people that, that I went, when I was still at home with mom and dad as a little kid and traveling with them, there was a group of people that we really only saw uh, once or twice a year, but that was the New Year's group. I remember that, right? We have these habits, these things that we do. It's interesting how that happens. And what I want to talk with you about today um, I know this is going to be a little bit of a different sermon if you're, if you're visiting with us today or if you're checking us out online. Um, oftentimes, the way a sermon is structured around here, I, I tend to do a little bit more of a kind of an expository kind of preaching. We read a whole Bible passage and kind of go through it verse by verse and then try to apply that to our lives. Today is going to be just a little bit different um, as I want to talk with you about what it is that we're doing here right now. And why are we doing it? Is it just a habit? Is it just a tradition? Are we just the people that gather together on Sunday mornings now at 550 Waterway Road? (laughs) I had had a group of pastors, uh, a group of young fellows come down and and we visited for some conversation and Bible study two weeks ago, the week before Christmas. And and one guy hadn't been here before. And so he was following his GPS. And he said he was a little bit confused because as he came in Waterway Road, it told him to take a left on Dingy Road. How many of you have seen that on your GPS? I don't know if it was Google Maps or Apple, but there is the, the lane that used to come down into what used to be the farm here. Apparently, at one time or another, got, got into the system as Dingy Road. I never saw that sign there. I'm sure there's someone in this room that could tell me a little bit more of that history. But why is it that we meet here and do what we do? Why is it that some of you bother to come back on, on Wednesday nights, or maybe you meet in, in one of your homes throughout the week in something we call a small group? Why is it that the kids bother to, to, to go to some cabin somewhere north of Harrisburg? It's cold up there. Why, why, do they, why do we do any of this stuff? Well, there are all kinds of answers in Scripture, and I could have picked 15 different 
chunks of scripture that would guide us there, but I want to think with you historically for a moment, and I want to think particularly about our story here at Waterway. Now, I'm going to have you raise your hands a couple more times today because I think a lot of us in the room don't realize the kinds of, uh, the kinds of differences that we have in the room. So here's just one of them. It is, um, it is 2023 now. We moved into this building, this Waterway Church building. We moved into here in February of 2020. Soon be three years that we're here. How many of you never worshipped at Media Mennonite Church down the road? How many of you were never... Okay, those of you who have been around forever and ever, just look around. I see how many? 15, maybe 20 hands. Okay, we do not all have the same history, right? How many of you... How many of you never worshipped, this, this, is, this is one where I'm going to, how many of you never worshipped at Media Mennonite Church before I was the pastor there? How many of you never were there before 2003? Okay, let's do it the other way. How many of you did worship at one time or another before August of 2003? How many of you were in that church back at that time? Just let's see, raise them high. Okay, so we've got a number of folks that were around 25 years ago. We've got a number of folks who were not around 25 years ago. And we even have a significant portion of our congregation that wasn't around three years ago. That's not good or bad. Or, it's just the way it is. Let's remember we're not all the same. But I want to give you a couple dates and a couple timelines so that those of you who might be a little bit newer can understand a bit more about some of the history of how this group got to be here, this group that we're now called Waterway Church. In 2015, for a fundraising guide, we put together a couple of these dates. So um, in 1946, in 1946, 84 kids attended the very first summer Bible school. Today we call it Vacation Bible School or VBS. 84 kids attended at the Media Chapel. That's about a mile south of here in 1946. How many of you were one of those kids? Are there any of them in the room? I think there are a couple who still attend here who are not here today. 1947, so a year later, Sunday school and worship began at, at what we kind of would now know or a lot of us remember as Media Mennonite Church. Uh, not in the building that exists there right now exactly, but in 1947, after there was a good Bible school down there, Sunday school and worship began. In 1951, uh, there was what is currently known as the chapel. In fact, the, uh, the biblical evangelical church that meets in that building now, they've renamed it the Wesley Chapel. But there's a chapel still there at the intersection of Media Road and 5th Street. In 1951, the congregation known as Media Mennonite Church began collecting money for a building fund because that chapel was getting full. And in 1963, 60 years ago, the Media Mennonite Church building was dedicated to God's service. 60, how many of you were at that dedication for the Media Mennonite Church building? I see Paul Smoker and Jim Blank, Marvin. Oh, Doris, anybody on this side, no, we're, we're heavy on this side with the, with the old folks. Uh, 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 oh, with the, uh, with the folks who happened to be there 60 years ago. Wow, I know. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool, isn't it? How many of you would love, how many of you would love it if in 60 years your kids are sitting in a church somewhere and said, I was in church then and I'm still in church now? That's a pretty cool thing. But that was 1963. In 1973, just a little bit of trivia for some of you, the first church council was formed. And so that was kind of a new way to do some leadership. In 1995, 28 years ago, 
the youth group and others began to renovate what we knew as the Media Chapel, what's now called the Wesley Chapel. How many of you were in that youth group in 1995 and you remember cleaning out? Raise your hands high. Come on, guys. Yeah, I see, I see Chad and Kerwin and Katrina and Renee. Kevin, David, Kendra, Stephanie, yeah. There's a number of you that were here that, do you realize that was 28 years ago? If you were youth 28 years ago, you're not young anymore. (laughs) In 2005, this was 18 years ago, folks. In 2005, Media Mennonite Church began collecting money again to save money for another building fund because the building was starting to feel a little tight. Now, this was a letter that was sent out in 2017. Again, if you're, uh, if you're not a, a regular here, that's okay. A lot of us here are irregular. But if you're not a regular here, you may not have got this, but here's a letter that was sent out in 2017 as we were gearing up to try to build what ended up being this building. This was sent out from our, um, from our building finance team. It said, uh, Media is a church that was started and sustained because people had a heart for mission. They believed, and we believe today, that it's our job to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone we meet. Jesus offers us salvation and life, so we share that good news with everyone we know. The chapel that stands on that site was dedicated by the Ladies' Aid Society on December 29, 1912. As far as we know, none of us has any connection to the folks that were there that day, but they held Sunday school in that building until the late 1920s. In 1946, a handful of families from the Maple Grove Mennonite Church in Ackland leased the property from the Ladies' Aid Society and held summer Bible school. 84 kids attended in August of 1946. People drove buses around the neighborhood to pick up children, and Oxford folks still say, media, I went to Bible school there as a kid. The current church building, we knew it as Media Mennonite Church, now it's the Bible Evangelical Church. The current church building was built in 1962 to house Sunday school and Sunday worship services. And in 2015, what we said was, today we're poised to move just a mile up the road to a new neighborhood. Within a half mile of our new church building site at Waterway Road, that's right here, are 260 homes and half the traffic of the Oxford High School passes within sight of where our new church building is. This is why we believe God is calling us to build a new church building so the mission can continue in the neighborhood south of Oxford. Keep praying that we are faithful stewards of that mission and that we work at it with the zeal that our forerunners did. That was from a campaign brochure in 2017, just over five years ago. And then in February 2018, we had another letter that went out. And I won't, I won't read the whole thing to you, but it opened up like this. Put yourself in the shoes of someone who has never been to our church before. They arrive at the parking lot before a worship service and the lot is packed. They need to park in the grass or the mud or the snow. They walk into the lobby. Remember the lobby at Media Mennonite Church? They walk into the lobby. It's crowded with people they don't know. They can barely get in the door and this is their first time here. They make their way through the crowd, take their three-year-old to his class in the basement and see that there are nine other three-year-olds and three adults in a room smaller than your living room. Since they're a first-timer, they'll most likely attend the 1030 worship service. Remember, we used to have two worship services. So the only open seats are way up in the front. It's nice to see that some things don't change. (laughs) When you put yourself in their shoes, there are a lot of things about our current building that can make it stressful or difficult to get to worship. Is that the kind of welcome we want to provide? And that's the kind of thing we talked about in 2017 and 18. We know and we talked about how worship and praising God is, it's about more than buildings. It's about more than, than facilities and structures. But structures and facilities are helpful as we gather to do God's work. And so we talked about in 2000, 
18, we talked about how if, if we reach our financial goals, perhaps we'd be ready to begin building in 2019. And indeed, God was faithful. God was faithful to us. And we moved into this new building on February 16th, 2020. How many were here that day? How many of you remember the first day that we were here in our new building? Now, again, for those of you who weren't here or those of you who have just joined us, or maybe you're just here today because somebody dragged you along. Why am I talking about this? Well, because I guess it is kind of one of my traditions that around the, around the change of the year, I, I tend to be thinking a lot about what is this next year going to be? I think about that in my role as a father. How am I going to help to care for my wife and care for my daughter as a husband and as a father ought to? I think about that as a pastor. What are the things that we need to be working at as a church? What are the things that I can encourage? What are the things that I can teach and preach about? And how can I be a better leader? I think about that as just one of God's men. How do I follow the Lord with, with more of my heart? How do I make sure that I'm not holding anything back? How do I make sure that, that my life reflects all the goodness that God has shined upon me? So I guess this time of year is, is just one of those reflective times for me. And so I've been thinking back about all the things that we've been brought through in the last couple of years. February 16th, 2020 was one of those highlights to be able to be here and, and finally step into this place that we had worked so long for and saved so long for and, and looked so forward to. God has been faithful, hasn't he? Those of you who remember the things that Media Mennonite Church from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and, and the last 25 years, you can see God's faithfulness just continuing to shine through whichever folks decided to show up and allow themselves to be called Media Mennonite Church and now Waterway Church. Even God's timing has been so gracious and faithful. There was a time in, in 2018, as we were looking forward to 2019, we said, well, should we build in 2019? Because we knew it would take about a year to, to get started and to build everything. We said, there, there was some time as we were trying to look at money and figuring out all the timings. Should we wait just another year? to save some money and try to be just a little bit ahead. And, and, and we had those conversations. You know, if we had waited a year, we would have kicked off construction somewhere around this time of year in February 2020. Well, we remember what happened in March of 2020, right? Can you imagine? Those of you who were on the building committee, those of you who were part of seeing all this happen, you remember that was difficult and stressful and challenging and expensive even in 2019. Can you imagine trying to do that in 2020 or 2021? But God worked through our gathered congregation as we all talked with each other. We said, no, it feels like the time is now. It feels like this is the time for us to take that step into this next phase that God is calling us to as far as our facilities. Our congregation continued to grow. We were feeling cramped like a, like a five-year-old in last year's clothing. Everything just a little too tight. Can you imagine trying to build this building at today's prices? And we only built it three years ago. Isn't God good to us. One of the challenges with this kind of talk is that there are people in other parts, not just of the world, but even other parts of our neighborhood who maybe don't see God's leading in quite the same way. There are some people that say, oh God, why did you make us wait? Or why didn't you, why didn't you get our attention and slow us down? I, I know, I know. This is why we have to focus on being thankful Let's not take our blessings for granted. God's faithfulness continues to be on display, and I see it in all of you. I feel like the dog that caught the car. 
know, the car goes by, the dog barks and chases it, and the car keeps going. You ever wonder what happened if the dog actually caught that thing? What's he going to do with that F-150 if he can get a tooth on that bumper? I remember when I was 17, um, I had a, have a cousin who's about 10 years older than me, and when he turned 16, he bought, uh, he bought a new Mustang. Well, it was, it was a year old. It was a leftover, but it was, it was pretty new, and I thought that was the coolest thing when I was seven. When I was 17, he was ready to sell it, and I had scraped together just enough money, and I, I bought that 10-year-old, 140,000-mile Mustang, never owned by anyone over the age of 26. I bought that, and I was so excited, and I was so proud. I remember sitting in the driveway at mom and dad's house in my car just reading the owner's manual. How does this work? How does that work? Just, just excited as could be. I had finally gotten there. I finally had, I, I had, had a, a, an old truck for, for a year before that, but now it was mine. I had saved my money to pay for it, and I was happy as could be. Where did I drive it? <laughs> All the same places I went before. I went to school. I went to work. Church can be like that, right? What do you think the, the people of the Ladies' Aid Society who dedicated that chapel in 1912, what do you think they were doing? They were praising God and trying to tell other people about him here in these neighborhoods south of Oxford. Those folks, from, those folks from Maple Grove Mennonite Church who came down and planted a Bible school in 1946, what were they doing in that building that they kind of discovered that they could rent for almost nothing? What were they doing? They were worshiping God, and they were trying to tell people in these neighborhoods south of Oxford about the goodness of Jesus Christ. In 1962, when Media Mennonite Church was, was dedicated in 1962-63 as it was built and, and dedicated and, and there was all that celebration, what were the people there working at? Those of you who were there, you remember it was about worshiping God and telling people in these neighborhoods in southern Chester County about the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 2020, as we dedicated this building, we talked about those same kind of things. And now in 2023, what are we doing? Maybe, maybe we are, some of us like kids in, in our new car, reading the owner's manual. How does this thing work? Imagining where it's going to take us. But the reality is, what are we doing? We're just keeping at it, right? Those of you who are people at faith, what does 2023 look like for you? It looks like keeping at it. Jesus, when talking to his disciples, once asked them, he said, what about you? This is in Matthew chapter 16. He said, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered him and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, Matthew 16, 17, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. 2,000 years ago, Peter stood up and said, you're the Messiah. And Jesus said, on that testimony, on the power of what you've just said, I will build my church, and even the gates of hell will not overcome it. 2,000 years later, we are testimony to the truth of what Peter said and what Jesus did. We're not here and all this hasn't happened and the gospel hasn't survived for 2,000 years because we're just so clever and we're so good. And look, No, it's, it's the goodness of God that allows all this to happen. We're along for the ride. What do we do as we keep moving forward? What do we do as we imagine this next year? Well, we keep at it. We keep teaching people about the Lord. We keep worshiping the Lord. And we keep trying to tell our neighbors about the goodness of Jesus Christ and how salvation comes from no one else. We just keep at it. 
Church, we have so much to be thankful for. God has been so faithful. Building a place to gather is just a small piece of it. We had the privilege to baptize 12 people last year. How many of you remember that? Is that like a How many of you remember in 2022, we baptized 12 people? Some of them were our own children growing up. Praise the Lord that they've made decisions to follow Jesus Christ. Some of them were other folks who just were drawn to this place by some working of God. And they said, no, this is, this is my spot. And I'm putting my stakes down here. This is going to be my family and my home and my fellowship. Baptize me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we've done. In Philippians 1, Paul is writing to this church, these believers in Philippi. Uh, and, and it starts this way, Philippians 1.1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to what Paul said to them. He said, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, what is it? Some of you have this memorized, Philippians 1.6. Being confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We can look back at history. Some of it we've just heard about. Some of you have lived it. And we can see the goodness of God, and, and we can recognize, I hope even those of us who are in the roughest spots today, I hope we can recognize that God is at work even now. And I hope that we can find some strength in this proclamation that, that Paul wrote to the Philippians 2,000 years ago, that God, who began a good work in you believers, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So what are we doing here now? What do we have to think about here on January 1st, 2023? How do we keep at this mission that God has called us to work at together? Well, we've got a lot of ideas. Come to a leadership team meeting. Oh, there's all kinds of ideas and strategies. The pastor can't shut his mouth. He's always got something he's thinking about. Our mission statement helps to guide us. We want to help everyone we know become more like Jesus. We want to help the old in faith to go and serve. We want to help the young in faith to grow in understanding and practice. But what does that look like now in 2023? Let me just tell you that the pastors and the elders and the leadership team of Waterway Church have been spending a lot of time thinking about how we can better create opportunities for everyone who is willing to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. This means continuing to build a community where we can feel connected to each other for support and encouragement, not just because we're all nice people, but because we recognize that we need to be connected together in Jesus Christ. He said, he is the vine and we are the branches. If we remain in him and, and he remains in us, we can bear much fruit. And John 15, 5, Jesus reminded us, he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we try to stay together with Jesus, with each other. This means continuing to build community. It means creating space and opportunities for everyone to develop and use their God-given gifts and talents. Growing our kids and grafting in new folks. This is what we're working at. But here's the thing, church. And here's what strikes me as I think about this next year. There's a lot of great stuff going on. You all are wonderful people. I am excited to be your pastor and a part of this fellowship, but we need to pray more. I think we need to pray more. And this is, I'm, I'm speaking to myself as much as you. We're good at figuring things out. We are really good at working at things. You all have been blessed, many of you, with strong bodies and good minds and the ability and, willing, ability and willingness to work together, talk together. And we pray together. It's not that we don't pray. We recognize the importance of prayer. 
But I wonder if we pray enough. I wonder if we listen for God's guidance enough. Or if we just assume that, well, we've got this. Let's just keep working the plan. What has your year been like so far as you've been making plans? I don't know if any of you are resolution kind of people or not. I don't know if you're goal setting kind of people or if you just like to solve the problems when they come your way. But you goal people, you resolution people, have you been praying about that? Asking God to reveal to you what your goals and what your ambitions ought to be? Or are you just kind of following the plan? Are, are you really praying and asking God, saying, God, show me where to go. Show me how to do this and show me what needs to change. Or is this just something that you're kind of thinking of? Maybe a strategy that you got or, or, or you see you can make a little bit more money if this or you can move if that. I, I think, church, I think we've got to be praying more on our own and at home, but also together times away from Sunday morning. I want to work at that. I want to think about that with you. How do we do that? I mean, how do we do that in a way that makes sense? And it isn't just one more obligation. Well, I've got to go to prayer meeting tonight. That, that just, that kind of stuff, that's not real vibrant prayer. How do we really be praying together, tapping into God's Holy Spirit power a bit more often and a bit more regularly? Again, it's not as if God's been absent or as if we're not praying at all, but do you understand what I'm saying? I hope even those of you who don't know us very well can recognize there is always, there is always a mandate to be praying a bit more. And even if you're never here again, even if you watch this sermon online and you never check us out again because these people are nuts, I hope you realize that prayer is important for you too. I think, church, that we need to be praying together a bit more. The Apostle Paul, later on in the book of Philippians, I'm wrapping up, hang in there with me. I know you're tired, it's a little warm. Hang in there with me, I need three more minutes. <laughs> in the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul said, um, he's telling the Philippians about his goal. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That's, that's what we're about. That's what I hear so many of you talking about. I want to press on for all the things that Jesus has. There is a, a bit of a marathon feel to our lives, right? We, we, we press on. We know it's not just a sprint. But there are moments that make a difference. I want to show you one of them. You remember, uh, today is kind of warm outside for the 1st of January, but you remember Christmas Eve day, how cold it was. And I don't know where you were or how cold your cold was, but in my house it was in the single digits, depending on which thermometer I looked at. I went out in the morning out to the out to the garage on Saturday morning to feed the cat. And, um, and I, saw, I saw on, uh, I have a whole lot of just random junk in my garage. It's my space, Melanie leaves me have it, and so it looks like a mess. But there was, a, there was like a little crate that I often have in the back of my truck. I had taken it out because the truck's full of other junk. And the crate had a couple water bottles in it, like water bottles like this. Just, just, they hadn't been opened. It was just something that I had thrown in the back just in case. And it was six degrees out, and I noticed just looking at them that they were not frozen. I could see that these water bottles that had been out all night overnight, had been, it had been cold for a long time. They're in my garage. It's a concrete block garage. It's not heated. So the garage, I don't know, it was probably 20 degrees inside there. But these things were not frozen, and so it was interesting. I picked one up, and I looked at it, and as I picked it up, it froze in my hand. I never had that happen before. Now, I know that water turns to ice at 32 degrees, right? Or zero degrees, depending on which scale you like to be. I, I know that things happen. I know there's a time when that water turned into that ice, but I don't very often observe it. 
And so that was fascinating to me. And I watched and I, I picked up a second water bottle. I'm holding one in my hand that was a solid chunk of ice. And I picked up the one that was right beside it, still falled, and I picked it up. And it too froze in my hand. It was the most interesting thing. Uh, John, I'm sure John Jones could describe it. Probably what happened is there were these water bottles all close together and their own specific heat helped them to stay liquid until I separated them out. There was more surface area to have more cold air on them and they froze. That's my theory. But I quit science my first year of college. (laughs) Don't take my word for it. Write me an email later in the week and describe describe physics and chemistry to me. But it was interesting. I saw this and I thought, oh, if I only had a video. So I ran back inside. This was Saturday morning. I don't keep my phone on on Saturday morning. But I ran inside and got my phone and there was another water bottle there. I got my phone ready and I videotaped it. I picked it up and it would not freeze. (laughs) It's like a minute later. It didn't get warmer. Nothing's in the sun. I'm turning around. It wouldn't freeze. I said, oh, I missed it. I missed it. Went back inside, told Melanie about this. She just looked at me like, okay. Uh, water freezes, big guy. You know. But I went out a little bit later as we were getting ready to go and do some of our Christmas Eve kind of stuff. And, um, and I had my phone in my pocket now because I was getting ready to go. And I just took one more chance. And so this is what happened. Delmar, can we dim these lights and, and just kind of... I want you to check this out. I, I picked it up. This was an unopened bottle of water. This had been sitting in my garage and the temperature was in the single digits. Ooh, all right. Now, I'm a professional videographer, so this is going to look pretty good. See, I'm holding water. That's, that's my paw. You see how it's, it's a bubble in there, right? Until, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. You see the bubble moving? Until it was water no more. Oh, man, I didn't give you any audio because in the background, I'm like, yeah! I got it. I'm not a big picture and video guy. I want to live life through my eyes. I don't want to spend my life walking around like this because I'm never going to watch that stuff anyway. But I wanted to get that because it struck me as I stood there on Christmas Eve morning, six degrees, 12, whatever, it was cold. And it struck me that there is something happening here in this moment that I've never seen before in my life, even though it happens all the time. Water turns to ice, ice turns back, I'm sorry, liquid turns to solid, solid turns back to liquid. We are, we are in a marathon, folks, as we press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, and yet there are moments, there are moments when things happen that maybe they've happened all the time before, we just never saw it. There are moments that we have to be ready for. When God just works somewhere, somehow, some way, even in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense to us that we can't explain, God works and touches something and it changes. I can't wait to see what God is going to change this year in you and in me. Maybe it's just 12 more hearts that come to the point of saying, I want to be baptized and there's that that change. Everything's different. We didn't see it coming. We didn't expect it. We don't even know how it happens, but, but there's a change. Maybe it's that person that's never been here yet. Next year, I'll ask them, were you here on January 1st, 2023? And they'll say, nope, wasn't here. But maybe they'll walk in the door and they'll get connected with you. They'll find your small group or they'll find your friendship and and all of a sudden they have their place and now everything changes. We're in a marathon, but there are moments 
where the Holy Spirit continues to work through us. Maybe there'll be some time where we're here in prayer together. And the things that we prayed for that seemed so big and so impossible happen. Because there are moments. This is the kind of God we serve. And I hope you remember as you move forward with all of your plans and all of the expectations that you've got, there are things that are going to happen that you didn't expect. You might not catch them on film, but there are things that are going to happen that God is going to do because he is at work. I hope you have positioned yourself to be ready, to be ready to receive whatever it is that God brings in your lives, but also as a church. I hope that we've positioned ourselves to be ready for however God leads us. Maybe it will be business as usual. But I'm excited to see there might be some of these moments where just right here in the palm of our hands, everything changes. And God will just sit back and say, yeah, I did that. That's what I do. He is the Lord. I wonder if you'll pray with me. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for being faithful to us, even though I can't tell time. God, thank you for, for leading all of us to this place right now. Lord, we've all got stories behind us. Some of them are great, and we love to celebrate them. Some of our stories, just they've broken our hearts, and they break every heart that we tell. Lord, we come to this place with all kinds of different baggage in our past. But Lord, I am thankful, and together we are thankful that you have met us here now. Jesus, thank you for being our Savior. And if there are any of you in this room who don't know Jesus as your Savior, please talk to me after this service. I'd love to fill you in. Jesus, but thank you for being our Savior. And thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to fill us up and to guide us. Lord, for all these years, our brothers and sisters around the world, but at Media Mennonite Church and Waterway Church, our brothers and sisters have been filled with your Holy Spirit. They've been working and they've been going about your work. Lord, Help us to be a faithful generation that continues to press on towards the prize for which you've created us. Lord, we will press on. We proclaim it together. Everybody, can you say amen? We will press on, Lord. We're going to keep worshiping you and learning about you. We're going to do the best that we can to develop all the gifts that you've given us. And we're going to do the best that we can to tell others about the hope that we have in you. But Lord, would you send your Holy Spirit to help us do that? Holy Spirit, would you please come? and fill our hearts and our minds and our lives so that there might be some moments where everything changes even though we didn't see it coming. That there might be moments where, where you work in such a way that people look and say, yep, that's, that's God. Lord, we would love to be part of that. So would you please, would you please help us to be faithful? Help us to be praying and listening to you. Lord, help us to keep at it and keep our eyes open for whatever it is you want to do with whatever time we have left. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this last song that we're going to sing, it's new to a lot of you, but the, but the tune is very old. I think you'll catch on right away. Pay attention to what we're singing. Would you please stand with us as we close out our service with this proclamation of faith?